Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Integrate Yourself. You're listening to episode 66. We're your host, Allison Pillow and Maya Gottlieb. You can find me, Allison, at pureenergypdx.com, and you can find Maya at mayagottlieb.com. Maya and I are both certified metabolic nutrition and fitness coaches, and together we share over 20 years' experience in the field, coaching clients and researching leading-edge nutrition and fitness in regard to hormonal balance and aging. This show is all about sharing with you creative ways you can integrate all aspects of health into your life and teaching you how to become your own authority when it comes to your health and wellness. Today I'm speaking with Josh Rubin of eastwesthealing.com. I've known Josh for a long time now. He's a friend of mine. He was one of my coaches back in the day when I started changing my philosophies and beliefs around nutrition and teach you know, what shaped and helped me teach what I'm teaching people today. So I attribute a lot of that to him and him helping really shift my own belief system and and figure out really what makes sense um, and how the body functions. And he, he taught me a lot of that. So I really, really am so happy to have him back on the show. He was on, he and his wife, Jeannie, were on episode 20 a while back and we talked some about breathing then but we're going to really really focus on breathing in this episode and how it relates to your energy production you can find josh rubin at eastwesthealing.com in this episode we discuss how you breathe can indicate the state of your metabolism what role carbon dioxide plays in your metabolic function and how wasting carbon dioxide can be a problem how uh, we can conserve carbon dioxide to help us better produce energy, sleep better, and exercise and recover better by utilizing oxygen more efficiently. And Josh shares with us in this episode how we can easily test our tolerance to CO2 and why that matters and how you can use it in your everyday life to figure out on which days you should be using more energy on other days that you want to conserve a little more energy and fuel up a little more as well or rest. He also talks about why nose breathing is the best way to balance your pH, raise your metabolic rate and lower your stress hormones, as well as how breathing through your mouth affects the shape of your jaw and how this relates to your posture. And finally, how we eat and breathe shapes our jaw. So I'll share with you guys that I really, really love this episode. There was so much valuable information in it. And at the same time, there was static about a quarter of the way through the the, um, interview. I started hearing this feedback and we tried to fix it as we went along and, and we kept trying and it didn't, everything we were doing wasn't working. So... Uh, I found sometimes these things happen and you record it, you know, you record the show with a guest, you get uh, some great information and the show itself is wonderful, but then you have some technical glitch that happens that becomes a bit of a distraction. Um, I've listened to this episode many, many times, at least 10 times, and I feel like I'm pretty comfortable putting this out there, even though it's not perfect in my opinion. I'm hoping that it's not a big distraction for you guys and you guys can receive the information really well because the information is incredible. And if you actually put these uh, principles that Josh is talking about in this show into practice, you're going to see some amazing results. And I've experienced this on a personal level. I've also been doing these uh, this work with my clients and helping them um, with these principles as well. So 
I highly recommend trying it. And it's real simple. And it's just really about breathing through the nose. And you go from there. But he does give you give some great information about testing that through what he calls a CO2 tolerance test. And it really gives you good feedback about where you are with your energy production. And if you really have enough energy to do a hard workout that day, or maybe you need to rest, or, you know, maybe you just need to, uh, maybe that is a day where you can use a lot of energy. But sometimes if we're not really paying attention to our physiology and we override that, it's, it's not always good for us um, uh, for our energy production, our recovery and those things. And then if we do that too much, that's when we fall into getting uh, a slow metabolism, a slower thyroid, and those things start cascading into a bit, they start snowballing, I should say, into a big problem. And, but if we look at it this way, if we actually take the time to pay attention to the smaller signs and subtleties of it, then I think that we can start putting it together and become masters of our own body and authorities of ourselves, you know, aside from other people telling us uh, what what we need to be doing with with tests and, and stuff like that. I just think simply paying attention to your breathing and how you're able to do that uh, we'll give you a lot of great information about how well you're producing energy. And of course, you've heard me talk about this before. That all that all relates to how your metabolism functions. So we get into that today. I think this is personally super, super interesting. I would love to hear you guys' feedback as well. Or if you have any questions about this, feel free to comment. I want to thank all the people who have been purchasing the Four Sigmatic product with our code Integrate Yourself uh, to save 10% off. Thank you guys for doing that because when you do that, that actually supports our podcast and we get a little bit of money back from that without any extra cost to you. And actually, you're saving 10% when you do that. So if you'd like to support our podcast that way, head on over to Four Sigmatic and get some great mushroom elixirs, mushroom coffees. It will help support the detoxification process in the liver. So again, head on over to foursigmatic.com, enter our code integrate yourself, and you can get 10% off today. And you'd also be supporting our podcast and we would appreciate it so much. So let's welcome Josh Rubin to the show. Without further ado, here we go. So welcome, Josh, to the show. Um, I'm not going to do a formal introduction because uh, basically you've been on the show before. So welcome back. And uh, I, I'm so happy to have you back on because we're going to talk about breathing and how that affects the metabolism today uh, and how you guys have been talking a lot about um, nose breathing and as opposed to mouth breathing and how, how that affects the uh, your CO2, which maybe a lot of people don't know wh- why that's beneficial, as well as um, just your posture in general and, and your energy production. So, uh, well, we're going to get into more of that, but uh, if you want to just remind everybody and our audience, and I'm going to also link the, the the podcast, the episode you got you and Jeannie were on earlier in. Um, in okay. our uh, in our archives, but uh, can you just give everybody a short intro as to who you are and what you do? Uh, my name is Josh Rubin, I'm professional superhero. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I have a long background. I hate going into it because it's like it's so boring. 
Um, but you know, I went to traditional college and went a little longer than I should have, but I just kept changing my major. Um, and not cause I liked to drink at the time. It's just, I just kept changing my major. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I want to do the rest of my life. So it led me to OT, long story short, which is occupational therapy, loved it. And then when I started working, I was like, anyone could do this. This is stupid. Like I went to school for so long, I spent so much money on my parents did. and uh, anyone could do my job. It was lame, to be honest with you. And then I just, I was always around sick people and it started to like mess in my head after eight years. I'd like look at these people and be like, is that going to be me? Yeah, You know, and I was working with a geriatric and I was like, at the time I was in NorCal, so I was getting really attached, like all these little like Japanese ladies and, you know, um, they were just my friends and they would like pass away. And so I was like, psychologically just like getting depressed. So I started personal training because I was always into that stuff. And that led me to doing that full time. And I was very successful at it, making lots of money. And that led me towards the Czech Institute, went through that, taught for them, and that led me to osteopathy. Oh, let That's me okay. To, sorry, <laughs> led me to osteopathy and all that, you know, amazing stuff. Uh-huh. Which, you know, through the process, it kind of, sorry, I'm going to put this on Do Not Disturb. Okay. It led me to, you know, um, you know, someone asked me this question the other day. It's like, through that, that process, I always did nutrition, but organically it kind of just worked out that that was the focus and of course with that there's many facets to it because i you know our nutrition is based on cellular respiration in a complex way simplicity is just you know regulating health and thyroid health but and of course breathing comes with that and that's why that's kind of like what meant led me to breathing is just you know um understanding the principles of the human body. I always tell people that because they're like, oh, do you practice this approach or that approach? And I'm like, you know, someone said to me once, methods are many, principles are few. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of methods out there and methods to me just don't work because we have people that have a a history and we have people that have a history that they don't even know of sometimes, you know, whether it's before birth, at birth, even when they were younger, we have people that have had so much trauma in their life and so much dissociation. Um, so how can you have a method for one person, you know, and it's too cookie cutter for me. I'm always a why person. So for me, we like everything we do is based off the principles of the human body. When you go back to that, that allows you to really personalize everyone's approach uh, using the principles of the human body from even a, nutri- a nutritional perspective, uh, a breathing perspective, etc. You know, absolutely, and that's so important to bring up because, and I talk to people about this too, about how complex we actually make it most of the time. But I remember you talking about the functional medicine approach years ago, and yeah. how you really discovered that you know a lot of the food sensitivities and um, a lot of the testing and all these things people were doing all these crazy and I did all those things too, and it just felt like you kept unraveling th- more more and more questions, and it really was kind of a road to nowhere and what you brought up and really what changed my mindset around that is 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 that you were like, well, uh, if you know, it's like, you just have to do one thing, balance your blood sugar first, do that first. Yeah. <laughs> and because of the simple fact, uh, 
basically if your blood sugar is low, you're going to be sensitive to a host of things, a lot of things all at once. And so if you can just start there, which is a really simple practice of balancing blood sugar every day by eating more frequently, if that's what you need, uh, then that can actually, you know, of course there's more, more to it, but, uh, it's just simplicity, you know, going back to the basics. And that's what I love about you guys work. Yeah. I just found it was, um, obviously I got into it back in the day when it started and it was like, it was all these gray areas, but it was, it was new. It was fun. It was like physiology, Yeah, but it's just allopathic medicine in a different way, you know, used to using supplements, but yeah. So, um, of course we moved on and, you know, like I talked about the other day in one of my posts, I think on IGTV, I mean, there's like so many different ways to communicate with people now. It's, it's like almost annoying. Yeah, it is. It's like, yeah, I got to post on Instagram and I got to post on Facebook. And then I got to do like an Instagram story and then I got to do an Instagram IGTV. It's like, it keeps growing. It's like, you know, in my butt. But, um, <laughs> so like, you know, I think there's a lot of, cool stuff out there but like you said i think the fundamentals have to be there the foundation has to be there if you're going to use supplements if you're going to do crazy breathing exercises if you're going to try to do earthing if you're going to try to do whatever it is you know biohacking those are all tools but if you don't have the fundamentals they don't work and that's why everyone's just going around in the circle yeah. spending lots of money and never healing you know the fundamentals have to be there with human uh, and the fundamentals are safety security right Need right. food, water, air, and that's safety and security. Without those, we can't do anything else. And a lot of people don't really focus on them. And I'm not saying you have to overfocus on water, but it's like maybe you're drinking too much coffee instead of water. You know, uh, maybe you're just not breathing through your nose; you're breathing through your mouth. And maybe you're just not eating the right food or the right amount of food to regulate your metabolic needs on a given day. Start there. I'm not saying you, you can't progress, but if you don't start there. You can't progress. That's like saying, well, you know, I want to go to school. I'm going to start in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's analogy. Right. It's not going to work. You, you have to go to first to get to second to go to third. It's, it's just how it works. So I think people skip the fundamentals because it's boring and all the cool stuff's cool, like breathing, but they don't realize that just shifting from mouth breathing all day to just nose breathing. doesn't mm-hmm. have to be crazy exercises. doesn't have to be wind. Wim Hof doesn't have to be holotrophic, doesn't have to be sitting under a tree with hemp pants on. You just have to nose breathe, and that can create a huge shift in your body, in your metabolism, in your pH, because breathing regulates pH, right? Um, and if we understand the principles of the body, we'll understand that wow, like maybe the pH diet is really that silly because breathing regulates pH. How we breathe regulates pH in our body, how our cells breathe regulates pH of our entire body. And if we try to use food to do it, it's just silly. So um, a simple thing is like, wow, being aware, I do mouth breathe all day. That's interesting. Structure structure governs function. Uh, I have teeth in my mouth. What are teeth used for? Chewing and eating. Our mouth is actually not meant primarily for breathing. Uh, It's an old osteopathic principle. Structure governs function. Um, So when we look at the nose, it has two openings. Um, it has cilia. We, it warms, humidifies, and filters the air. Um, it produces nitric oxide to create increased vasodilation for many reasons in the body when we breathe through our nose and nasal passages. So it's actually meant for breathing. 
you know, when we're sitting at our desk. If you're mouth breathing, you begin to change to nose breathing. Over time, you'll see a shift, and it's that simple. You don't have to start crazy. Everyone wants to start crazy and do the things to affect their physiology. But I always say, if you can't breathe through your nose, which is phase one, which for a lot of people, that could be one month. It could be six months to learn to do that. Mm -hmm. Number two, you have to learn to access your diaphragm, which for a lot of people isn't easy. So if you're not breathing through your nose, you can't access your diaphragm, then you can't do all the crazy breathing exercises. And that's why personally... I'm not a fan of people just jumping on Wim Hof and doing all these crazy things because it actually is going to put their physiology in even more stress state. Yeah. And another thing, I just don't think people consider how important that is, how important breathing through the nose and how many issues that can actually lead to breathing through the mouth. I always think about the people who, um, are running outside and, and you're running on the street next to all these cars with, with exhaust fumes and you're breathing through your mouth. Of course, most people, when they run, they're going to breathe through the mouth because when you're exercising hard, you tend to breathe more through the mouth. Right. And it, it just, I just feel like that's so detrimental for the health and they're doing something that's so-called healthy. They're actually making their health worse because they're not, you know, they're running on the street and they're running with their mouth open, which is the worst thing you can do. But for me personally, I used to be a mouth breather. I had, I used to do intense exercise when I was younger as a gymnast. And, and so I was just used to being a mouth breather when I do intense exercise and, and realizing that actually not until I started podcasting that, Oh my God, I'm not able to like actually bring my jaw up. My tongue is not always like coming up to the roof of my mouth. And the breathing part, just through singing lessons, I actually was really um, eye-opening for me and realizing that I I needed, it it really translates into everything, sleeping better. Uh, I don't use a mouth guard anymore because I don't clench my teeth and I'm I'm actually breathing better when I'm exercising. If I'm hiking, I'm not. I'm I'm paying attention to how much I'm breathing through my nose. And if I start breathing through my mouth, I slow down so I can breathe back through my nose again. So those are the things that I've started doing, and it's and and you've influenced me there too because I started thinking about it a lot more when you and Jeannie started talking about it. Um, so let's can talk you, a little. Can you sing for us. No, <laughs> not yet. I'm working on it. I, that's all done yeah, in private so that I can have a clear voice on the podcast. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's nothing There's nothing better than hearing your own voice and hearing like if you're, I mean, there's all these things, of course, with voice that you learn about, like that people do like uh, vocal frying and, and up talking and all these things, right? Which I, I think I've been accused of uh, by people who comment. <laughs> but uh, but you know those things again, like the the vocal frying again, is is something that I've tried to work on because it's it's an indication that I'm not actually breathing through the right. belly when I talk. Right, it's all up here, and so and so those are things, good things that I that I've gotten from it by paying attention to how my voice. That's, that's why humming humming is a great way to learn. Yeah, those yeah. because um, it actually increases nitric oxide production, but. Uh, it's a great way to learn how to breathe through your nose, right? Because obviously, yeah, you know, right? and so. and really, yeah, it relaxes the jaw as well, right? So, yep. I, what? Tell me a little bit about nitric oxide because I I know that it sometimes is a good thing, sometimes is a bad thing, uh, 
in the repeat world, but I, I'm kind of confused about, you know, um, how, how, what, maybe you can explain a little bit better about how that's a good thing to get more nitric oxide from the way you breathe. Yeah. Well, we know the repeat world is, uh, the repeat world. Yeah. Cause I think when you truly understand nitric oxide in the sense of like, you know, how you're breathing through your nose, it's different than you're producing it. Like, let's say in the body or in the gut from, um, an inflammatory reaction. So it's very different. Oh, gotcha. Um, you okay. Naturally breathe through the nose and the nasal passages. Um, we actually increase the circulation of nitric oxide, right? Right. right. So it's a natural process that happens when we breathe. So it's, it's important. Um, that's probably one of the most important reasons why we should breathe through our nose. Right. And of course there's many theories on, you know, why, why that is it, it increases vasodilation, obviously in the blood vessels, which helps with, you know, the transport of blood, the transport of oxygen, which is really important among a million other things. I, I mean, we don't have to go into the, the technical aspects of it, but that is one of the most important pieces to nose breathing, you know, and, 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 you know, there's a lot of research to show that when we nose breathe and we increase that nitric oxide, what we're doing is through that process, we're beginning to help regulate the nervous system. We're helping to regulate uh, CO2 and our ability to access oxygen and transport oxygen to the lungs, the cells, the tissues, et cetera. And through that vasodilation, we're regulating vagal tone. And, um, and it really helps us kind of regulate, you know, the heart rate and blood pressure. So there's a lot of important things that can happen, you know, when we nose breathe um, from a nitric oxide perspective, you know, and it's, it's, it's a natural thing that happens in the system. And I think one of the most important things that's happening is we're beginning to regulate vagal tone. Right? We're beginning to, to, in a sense, quiet down the, the heightened sense or the um, excitation of the sympathetic nervous system. And we're beginning to increase the strength of the parasympathetic nervous system. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot out there on it. I mean, you know, um, nitric oxide has been shown to regulate and boost the immune system. So there's a lot out there on it. Um, and of course the, I would say, you know, it's the biggest thing is when we do this, we're beginning to boost the process of what's called mitochondrial biogenesis, right? And mitochondrial biogenesis is important because it makes us more metabolic. It means we're producing more mitochondria. We're utilizing oxygen more efficiently and we're producing more carbon dioxide, which keeps that feedback loop going. So in a sense, nitric oxide is a vasodilator. It's a, um, a mitochondrial booster, O2 absorber, and it helps to boost the immune system. So there's a lot of benefits to it. Mm -hmm. And all we have to do is just breathe through our nose and get rid of all the mouth breathing. You know, yeah. um, of course, it's something that doesn't happen overnight. We have to continually do it. And that's why I like clients to do breathing exercises. But they're not breathing exercises where it's going to take you 20 minutes or you have to be lying down or closing your eyes or feel like you're meditating. It's a little bit more of a left brain technique. Um, and I'm not saying you can't do that stuff, but 
for a lot of people, it's much more attractive when I say to them, you could be doing it at your desk. You can sit in your car, of course, when you're not driving. You can be doing it when you're walking. You can be doing it when you're breastfeeding. It doesn't matter when you do it. You just need to do it. Yeah, it's easier to integrate, which right. is something like we tend to separate uh, the breathing that we do in meditation or or make it sacred, you know, and then we have to have a sacred place and a sacred time to do it. And all this stuff has to happen and fall in place, right? Uh, what you're saying, it sounds like, is you just can, is something that you could just do any time. And actually, it's really more beneficial to pay attention to it that way and make it just become a part of your everyday uh, thing, just like eating, you know? So, um, that is an important piece of that because I think people like to seclude themselves and exclude life when they do breathing exercises. Yeah, right? that's true. Because yeah. it thinks it strengthens them. But how is that going to get you more resilient and build your capacity to, cr to crazy life out there? It's not going to. No. Right? Yeah. Because it's a different space. It's a different environment. Right? So and I'm not saying you can't do that. But I think that when we incorporate it into our life, right, it, mm -hmm. it increases our resiliency much more because we're in it. Yeah. Right? We're in it, we're walking, and it's going to increase our capacity. It's going to increase our capacity to handle the stress of what we're doing whatever it may be um and it's going to increase our resiliency versus just kind of like you know um you know this is the only example i can think of is like there's a huge difference between practicing to do something on your own versus doing it in a competition right yeah, and if you yeah. never compete you're never really going to learn how to apply it how to adapt to the stress of a competition and that's real life so i find that it's I'm not saying you can't do it on your own, but I find with clients it's much more beneficial to do it at their desk, to do it when they're walking, to do it before after workout, um, and to do it in life versus just sitting in a sacred space. Because unfortunately, life today for most people is not a sacred space. Right. It's crazy. It's, yeah, I know. It's, it's insane. Right? We have so many uh, options now breathing and making sacred space for breathing. And, um, yes, you're right. Like I, I really think it is important because it's more empowering to, to know that you actually have these tools within your own body. You don't have to always, you know, it's always mind boggling to me that people want to pay so much money for all these things that your body can do itself. Like, right. It's just, it's, it's, you know, if you, if you, if you, that's why I tell people, it's like most of the time you have everything. You don't have to buy crazy breathing devices. You don't have to breathe into a bag. Right. Just breathe through your nose. And of course there's more things, you know, we have a program, it's called metabolic breathing, of course. And this, we teach people the different breathing exercises and maybe how to use it with cold therapy or how to use it with, with exercise or how to access the diaphragm and how to do breath holds and how to expand the lungs and how to access the diaphragm. But the first step is you have to nose breathe. And there's different things that we teach in regards to just, of course, it can just be breathing through the nose. But if you don't usually breathe through the nose, of course, it's going to be stuffed. The nasal passages aren't as big. Um, and, it, and a lot of people initially feel like they're suffocating. So when they inhale, their inhales are very short. It's like you take a yoga class and they're like, okay, we're going to inhale for 10. You're like, what? There's no way I'm going to inhale for 10. It's going to take me two seconds to inhale, right? So it's psychologically, it messes you up. And we, we kind of teach assessments in the program to how to really individualize 
your your breathing tempos. But a great way to really, you know, in, in another thing, and I'll, I'll I'll go into that is I use breathing to really understand the state of how I feel every day because I know through my breathing test like what my tempos are. So I know if I can't hit my tempos, that my body is kind of in a, in a has a low tolerance to CO two today. I'm not producing energy in this stress state. So that's going to dictate what I do today might dictate if I work out or not, might dictate if I work out the intensity, how I work out. I might really let breath dictate the movement. I might take a little more time for myself today. It's going to alter how I live my day, right? Right. So the test we do is a CO2 tolerance test and you inhale and exhale through your nose, just normal, nice, normal breaths. You don't have to overthink it. And then on like, you want like maybe your phone, you know, as you can press start. So like on the third or fourth or fifth, whatever, exhale, you press start on the stopwatch. Mm-hmm. And you're going to exhale as slow as you can. You're not going to stop through your, it's through everything's through your nose. You can go as slow as you want of an exhale through your nose. Um, you're not going to stop and pause. And when you stop, you're going to hit stop on the stopwatch. And then amount of seconds is really telling you your ability to tolerate CO2. The higher or longer you can go exhaling, the higher your ability to tolerate CO2, right? Building up in the system, which means you can access more oxygen. It's more bioavailable. You can bring it to the cells. That's why you can hold your breath longer, right? Ah, yeah, okay. That's the bore effect. So if you can only exhale for 10 seconds, that means, and it kind of shows us, hey, like, holy crap, I thought it was super healthy. I'm vegan. Or, you know, I eat plants or superfoods or all this awesome stuff that people use to convince themselves they're healthy. Um, but this shows us physiologically at the cell level that you're not as healthy as, as you think, right? Oh, my God, it can only exhale for 10 seconds. That's, that's not good. That means, honestly, you're going down the path to getting hormonal issues, right. sleep apnea, you know, all these different these breathing issues that can lead to metabolic issues, right? Because breathing, which I'll go into, isn't just at the, at the nose level or, or ventilation level. It's at the cell level. They go, they go hand in hand. So, you know, if, you're, if you can exhale for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, you've got a lot of work to do because your ability to access oxygen is really low. That means your muscles can't recover. That means oh, your cells yeah. are not producing energy. That means you're not getting enough oxygen to your lungs, right? Yeah. So think about it. When, you, when you're eating all these superfoods and healthy foods, but you're exercising, it's actually a stress to the system. Mm. Now, if you can exhale, let's say, for 20 seconds to 30 seconds, you're doing pretty good. You still have work to do. But, yeah, you're able to access oxygen a little more. You can tolerate CO2 better. You're producing energy, et cetera. And, of course, if you can do 40, 50, 60 seconds plus, you're in a good place, right? Um, That's a long time. Kind of I'm like, definitely not there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's taken me, when I first did it, I was at 15 seconds, you know, a year or two ago. Now I can be, a, I'm about like 45, 50 exhaling. I mean, I can hold my breath for two minutes, but it's taken a lot of work, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and not a lot of work where I'm spending hours a day. I mean, I do breathing exercises for maybe five minutes at a time, 10 minutes at a time. Um, but it's just, it's just awareness of when I feel like I need to do them. It's mm-hmm. not like, I go, okay, every morning, every afternoon, every night, I'm going to do breathing exercises. No, it's like when I feel like I need to do them. Um, so it kind of shows us where we're at, and it yeah. shows us our ability to to t- 
tolerate CO2. And the more we can tolerate CO2, the more we can access oxygen because CO2, people think, is a waste product. And it is, but it's a very important waste product. Everyone thinks that oxygen is life and it's actually not. Mm-hmm. CO2 is life. Now, I'm not telling everyone because I know there's a lot of crazies out there, especially Ray P people, don't want to go get CO2 tanks and pump CO2 right. in like suits or tents. Please don't do that because actually a good friend of mine died from trying to do that. Oh, God. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. So don't do that. Um, when I mean CO2, I mean the CO2 from cellular respiration, the CO2 from nose breathing, right? We retain it. And that CO2 would be the Bohr effect allows us to pull oxygen away from hemoglobin. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That means we can access oxygen to the cells. There's 37.2 trillion cells in our body, in our, in our tissues, in our lungs, in our brain, in our cells, everything. So it allows us to access oxygen, which keeps the, uh, the biofeedback going of cellular respiration, which is oxygen, sugar, thyroid hormone, you produce CO2, ATP, and water, right? So yeah. oxygen allows us to produce more CO2, we access more oxygen, we keep that feedback loop going. How do we get oxygen from nose breathing? Mm, How do we great. get more CO2 in the system from nose breathing? The more we mouth breathe, the more we expel CO2. Right. right? So that's why mouth breathing is a danger to the system. Now, of course, our CO2 tolerance test tells us in our program, where do I start with my tempo? Obviously, if you're like, a, you know, because we have many breathing exercises, but if you're like a zero to 10 seconds, you can be like a one, one or a two, two inhale, exhale, or a one, one, one inhale, hold, exhale, or a two, two, two inhale, hold, exhale. The higher you get, of course, it's going to go higher. It could be like a five, five, five or a six, 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 et cetera, um, because you can tolerate CO2 more. And that's why it's important initially, that's my point, to really work on nose breathing, because when we're nose breathing, initially some of us feel like we're suffocating and we can't do the big breath holds. So it doesn't even make sense to do the crazy breathing exercises. We have to learn how to breathe through our nose. And sometimes that's just breathing awareness, learning how to go from first gear and second gear, which is nose breathing and faster nose breathing to coming back to first gear, which is just nose breathing. It allows us to maybe do simple, you know, Nose breathing exercises like alternate nostril breathing. You could just do one nostril for five breaths. You have the nostril for five breaths and both nostrils for five breaths. Another one that I like doing with people is called nasal pulling, where you just put your fingers in your nose and you just kind of pull them out. And you'll notice it actually frees a lot of the congestion. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of awesome, crazy breathing tools out there that you can use, you know, that you stuff up your nose that. Is doing what I just did. All right. So um, it's a great way to um, learn how to breathe through your nose and also get rid of the congestion. So um, there's other ones we do to help get rid of congestion, and those are breath holds at the at the bottom or the top of your inhale, mm-hmm. right? Because what are we doing? We're accessing more oxygen at the top, and we're retaining more CO2 at the bottom if we hold our breath. Doesn't have to be huge. Right. So you could do like at night, if you have a clogged nose, you could do like a two or three second inhale. You could do a two or three second hold. Two and or three that... Exhale. And then a two or three second hold at the bottom, which allows you to retain more CO2 and nitric oxide. So when you breathe in again, you'll notice within 
a few minutes, your nose begins to unclog. Um, it's an exercise I'll give to people before bed. And of course, it does a lot for the autonomic nervous system, right? Because when we inhale, we're kind of, let's say, accessing more sympathetic. When we exhale, we're accessing more parasympathetics. We create a lot of balance. So I know it's a lot of, it's a quick, that's a quick tutorial, but there's a lot of things like that that we can do throughout the day, as well as just breathing through the nose to start, you know. Yeah, that's that. And it's so, it goes a long way. Um, and it sounds like, when you when people first start doing it and they feel like they can't breathe, it's similar a little bit to when you go on higher altitudes, right? And then you get that same effect just because the CO2 levels are getting higher. Um, and then that's the same thing you can do. This is so great because it, it's freeing in a way because you can create that same environment just by <laughs> breathing through your nose. And I didn't, you know, realize how powerful that was until just recently. But um, and you don't need a room to do it. You don't need those altitude rooms, right? Um, and you don't need whatever uh, people set up. I don't know how they do those bags or whatever, but, um, again, making it too complex and we could just use our own body's technology to, to create balance. I right. love that. Yeah. I would, I would also want to just to get into, we've hit all the points that, uh, that I definitely wanted to get into. I would like to talk about the postural aspect of it and how, breathing through the mouth actually affects the jaw and the face and the shape yeah. of it. Uh, you know, forget the guy's name, but he did a research. Um, it's actually in the book Jaws. I forget the second part of the title. I think it's called Jaws, A Hidden Epidemic. It's a pretty good book. I mean, I didn't love reading it. It was a good good read, but I've read a lot of other breathing books that I love better. Mm -hmm. But um, this is more about the jaws and how we breathe and two things that are interesting he talked about weston a price a lot uh -huh. he talked about weston a price and you know the story of weston a price with like white man's food and they showed the jaw and the teeth etc right so they even went into it deeper and they believed that the reason that weston a price got the results they got was not because of the food they were eating it's because of the texture and the softness of the food they were eating versus the foods they used to eat like meats and things like that Right, because oh, yeah. how we eat shapes our jaw. It shapes our jaw, it shapes our muscles, it shapes our mandible, our maxilla, etc. Right? right? Which has a huge impact on how we breathe, nose breathe or mouth breathe, right? But when you eat soft foods, especially nowadays with children, what do they do? They eat all these squishy things and right. baby food and you know, they don't eat a lot of hard foods. Well, this leads to mouth breathing. Right, because it creates a weak jaw, a weak mandible, etc. It causes kids to their mouth to drop, their tongue to drop, which causes congestion in the nose, bored head. It makes children mouth breathe, which of course affects saliva, tooth decay, and all these different things. This is just principles of the human body, wow. right? Yeah. So he took it a step further, and he believes that the reason Weston A. Price got the results he got wasn't because of the sugar and the white flour. It was actually because of these these um, tribes went from hard foods that you had to chew the softer foods, the softer diet. Oh, which that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is why they believe that we're seeing such a huge epidemic with, you know, retainers and bracers and, and braces and things like that because children eating such a soft diet, you know. Mm -hmm. um, now, they did research on monkeys, on rhesus monkeys, where they plug their noses up I think it was for six weeks. It could have been longer. 
And what happened was they, they saw immediately they had behavioral changes, right, from aggressive behavioral changes, you know, inability to just focus and concentrate. They're all over the place, um, mood changes, et cetera. As well as over time, they saw their faces just droop and their jaws drop open. And you see this a lot in kids, right? Yeah. So they call this long face syndrome. And what they noticed is when you take away the ability to breathe, it affects oral posture, how we look, you know, um, et cetera. So when they took the, the nose plugs out, they begin to see over time within, I think, two months, I can't remember exactly, everything fixed itself naturally oh, wow. from the monkeys being able to nose breathe again. Now, when you look at children, it's interesting you see these young, beautiful babies that are nose breathing because children only can breathe through their nose. It's very hard for them to breathe through their mouth, right? That's why when children have colds and they have to mouth breathe, they don't sleep well, mm. right? It's very alarming to their system. It's very alarming to their heart rate, their physiology. Um, and they don't have the ability to access their diaphragm like we do, right? Because they're not fully right. developed. So it's a huge stress on the system. But what do you see in children that's pretty interesting, and you see a lot, is you see these children start to look around now. They, their faces start to droop. They get this lip that curls out. They have very gummy mouths, big two front teeth that bulge out, and their mouths are wide open. Yeah. Right? And you see this in children, and that is 100% mouth breathing affecting oral posture. Right? They get super gummy. You see, like, their gums. Um, and you'll see this if you start looking at children more and you just kind of, like, don't do it in a creepy way. But um, <laughs> I was going to say. So it's, it's, <laughs> you might want to be careful it, with that. <laughs> right. So it's their diet. Yeah. It's the stress of home life. Yeah. It's their parents not being present. It's constantly being on tablets. It's the forward head process. Everything contributing to mouth breathing that's causing the changes in their system, the changes in their mouth, their jaw, right, their muscles, etc., which causes that gummy long face syndrome. Now, think about it. Mouth breathing is essentially an alarm state. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So if you were to go run 400 meters as fast as you can, how are you going to end that 400 meters? It, Most people be, all no. bend over and they're like... <sighs> right, mouth breathing. <laughs> <laughs> right? it, yeah, which is yeah. normal because yeah. we went to fifth gear. Yeah, we went to that alarm state to compensate for what we're doing. The problem is this: most people are doing that at rest. They're doing that on their computer. They're doing that while they're cooking breakfast. They're doing that watching this video as everyone just goes. I can't open my mouth during this interview. I've been like yeah. really paying attention to it. That's funny. Yeah. So it's like, what does that tell you about your physiology? It tells yeah. you that you're in a sympathetic alarm state because you're giving away so much CO2. So that means our cells not breathing properly and we're not getting oxygen in the system and we can't even access the oxygen we're taking in. Right. So yeah. it tells us a lot about who we are, the state of our physiology, no matter how many superfoods you eat. How many supplements you take, how much organic food you eat, what type of diet you follow, or if you talk to your food or not, right? Mm -hmm. Physiology does not lie. That is the bottom line. You can't argue that, right? So if we begin to bring it down a notch and bring us back to that parasympathetic state or balanced state, 
right? Not just parasympathetic. We quiet down the excitement of the sympathetic. We take the burden off our HPA axis, right? We begin to increase cellular respiration and marry ventilation with it, which is nose breathing. What do we do? We create harmony. Yeah. Right? We can start fixing all these issues and hopefully over time, kids won't need all these retainers, right? In, in, in um, braces. And there's actually a, uh, um, I keep forgetting the name of it, but there's a, a discipline out there that kind of teaches exercises so kids don't have to get braces or retainers because that is literally the effect of mouth breathing. Mm, yeah. It's going to do nothing. It's just compensating for all the mouth breathing, right? Yeah. So if you don't change your, how your child eats or the stress that's going on in your life or, you know, their posture or whatever it may be or, or their mouth breathing, you know, they're going to need retainers and braces for a long time, right? You could save so yourself really, a lot of money by just teaching them how to nose breathe. <laughs> yeah, and this is, I think yeah. it's like orthodontics. I forget the name of it. Um, actually, have it right here. Uh, let's see. I don't actually. Is it a, a, a practice, like a movement It's a practice. practice. It's actually okay. the biggest institute I've found. is called the Colson Institute, C-O-U-L-S-O-N. Okay. Um, I think she was like Sandra Colson, one of the big pioneers in the industry. It's called um, oral facial myology. And they do exercises to strengthen the jaw, strengthen the muscles, awesome. etc., to get you to not mouth breathe, to nose breathe again, right? Because you can't just nose breathe and affect all those years of weakness to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they, they, there's people that go towards that for kids instead of braces or retainers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we move backwards in the system, we go to nose breathing versus mouth breathing, and that's really important. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people hear what I'm saying and say, I can never mouth breathe. That's really not the case. We don't want to be OCD with it, right? Right. But the goal is to be aware, right? I always tell people when they're healing, mm-hmm. right, or if they do always mouth breathe, let exercise dictate your pace or let breathing dictate your pace of exercise. Meaning when you're nose breathing, you're working out. If you go towards mouth breathing, then rest, right? Yeah. Initially, once you're creating more harmony and you're able to tolerate more CO2, of course, you're going to exercise and you might go into, into mouth breathing. Right, but the goal is to get back to nose breathing as fast as possible to recover the system. So we go from mouth mouth breathing to nose mouth breathing to nose nose breathing. Right, mm-hmm. it's that awareness. We don't want to be OCD with it. Are there days where I let some of my workout be nose breathing? Yes. Are there are days where all of my workout is nose breathing. Yes. Are there are days where you know I'm mouth breathing and doing intense stuff, but when I recover, I'm nose breathing or I get back as soon as I can to regulate my pulse, my heart rate, the stress on the system, hundred percent. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's really awareness that is the most important thing. We don't want to be OCD. That's, that's great. I love that. And anybody can do that, right? Anybody can start that process. It's, and we have to breathe, so we might as well do it right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's easy. And I think, like you said, People want to go, and they can learn more about like what I teach. We have a, a Facebook and an Instagram page called Metabolic Breathing, Metabolic Underscore Breathing. Yeah, and I would I would encourage everybody to check your Instagram account, Metabolic Breathing. Uh, definitely follow you because you really you 
I mean, you post some great information that it, it just makes so much sense, but there are things that people really just don't think about. And uh, it, again, it's using the body's own technology to reset the metabolism. And it actually does affect your metabolism in a huge way, more, more so than I think like what we've been talking about. But um, you also have a breathing program, right? That people can sign up for. Is that right? Yeah. You, you click the link in Facebook. I think it's learn more on Instagram. You know, there's a link, you click on it. You'll have to subscribe and you get like a week. I think it's 10 days. It's actually a complimentary breathing program. Mm-hmm. You learn some stuff, you learn some basic breathing exercises. And then of course, at the end, if you want, you can, you know, um, it's a paid subscription. I think it's like four payments of $9. It's really cheap. Yeah, it's a great, great um, deal. Yeah. And you get, you know, a lot of emails, part education, part breathing exercises. It's a lot. You know, and I think it's like 69 months long, but, um, you know, do as much as you want, but it individualizes it. You get the breathing exercises. You learn about your body, your CO2 tolerance, etc. So I think for a lot of people, it's a great place to start because I think a lot of people get really um, into this and they go too fast. Yeah. And I always like to remind people that the first step is just learning how to nose breathe, the importance of it with regards to oxygen, CO2, and and and. and we have to think the most important piece that we're doing, if you want to exclude all the science is this, when we nose breathe versus mouth breathe, we're essentially using the remote control to the brain, which is breathing. And we're beginning to regulate our autonomic nervous system. And we know most people are stressed, right? We hear it all the time. People are, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't have the time. I'm super stressed. I'm super stressed. You know, we hear it all the time. And, and when we look at it, the diseases people are getting, the fundamentals, the fundamentals are breathing. So we need to be able to nose breathe. And if we can begin to nose breathe, what we do is we quiet down the excitement of the sympathetic, we take our body out of, or of that stress mode. Yes. Like that heightened state, which regulates kind of how we sleep, you know, how we feel, our anxiety, etc. And we begin to strengthen that parasympathetic, which in most people it's been shown it's not even existent anymore. It's so suppressed. Oh, wow. We, we turn on the parasympathetic, right? And we quiet down the sympathetic. So we create balance in the autonomic nervous system, which begins creates a lot of balance within our own body or physiology. So that comes from reducing our sleep apnea, reducing our anxiety, making us feel lighter, more harmonic. So it's it's an important part of life, and I think we overlook it because it's just breathing. But it's I mean it's a, it's a whole new world, but it's so many benefits to it. But step number one is just, just breathe through your nose. Yeah, and it sounds like you could get better quality sleep too by doing it that way, even if you don't have something like sleep apnea. But you could so totally avoid using machines if you're just learning how to breathe through your nose. That's amazing. It's so yeah. simple. So, uh, well, thank you, Josh. And, um, if you, you just, uh, if you don't mind, um, I know you, you just talked about how to find your breathing program, but if you want to go ahead and plug your, um, you guys do some weekly videos, um, on Facebook as well. You have a great website with a wonderful blog on it and some 
also some podcast archives that still have really great information that I always go back to and listen to. Um, do you want to just share with everybody how to yeah. find those places? Yep. So our, our business is East West Healing, which is eastwesthealing.com. Um, that's our other Facebook page, East West Healing. Um, our Instagram for that is at Real Food Gangsters. Um, so if you want to learn how to regulate cellular respiration, we teach people how to use food to regulate that and metabolic breathing and ventilation. Those two have to come together to regulate health. That is the fundamental of who we are. So we do a Facebook Live every Thursday at 12 o'clock. Um, and we post a lot of content on our Instagram and Facebook pages. So definitely go check them out. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate yeah, your time. What's that? Thanks for having me again. Oh, yeah. No problem. Anytime. I'd, I'd love to have you back again. So that's yeah. such great information. Thanks for sharing it. You guys uh, tell yeah, Jeannie right. I said hey. And uh, yeah. And you guys take care. I'll be, I'll definitely stay connected. I, I love you guys' work. And thanks for putting, just keep going. Keep putting that good stuff out there. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye, Josh. Thanks. Bye. Have a good day. You too. Thanks so much for listening today. If you want to check out Josh and Jeannie's work, you can head on over to eastwesthealing.com and they have some freebies there. They have a thyroid uh, guide, how to heal your thyroid by using food, as well as they also have a metabolic breathing Instagram account, which gives all kinds of great examples of how you can uh, use different patterns of breathing to get yourself back on track, as well as they have a breathing program that I think is extremely inexpensive. It may be like around 40 bucks uh, for an online program and it'll help you. Uh, it's, it's so valuable actually for your metabolism to learn how to breathe this way. And I find that it's so helpful uh, even people I see that are older, when we get in that fight or flight mode and we continue that through the years and we continue to breathe through our mouth, it actually does, it changes our posture, it changes our physiology, it changes, you know, this. what this turns into, folks, is it eventually turns into stuff like sleep apnea. You know, it can change your metabolism. It can change how your how it functions, how your thyroid functions, how you use energy, how you produce energy how you don't produce energy, you know, like, so how you recover if you're resting, you know, how you sleep, it has so much, uh, so much just direct effect on, on all of that. So don't take it lightly, definitely consider it. Go ahead and head on over to Four Sigmatic if you want to buy shrooms and support our podcast. You can go to foursigmatic.com and integrate our code integrate yourself and get 10% off. So if you're really, really confused about all the nutrition and fitness misinformation out there, head on over to my website, pureenergypdx.com and check out my Pro Metabolic Essentials program. On this, I'm teaching you how to create a foundation for abundant energy, quick recovery, and a healthy disposition in life, one where you're in the body you love and you are happy to wake up in the morning every day. You're ready to start the day. You have the energy to do it. So that's what I do. I help people do that through helping them build a, a, and create a food foundation and a foundation of movement that helps you move better. So check that out, pureenergypdx.com. So thank you guys again for listening. And until next time, I'll talk to you guys again soon.